0: Or is it virtual? Of which then you're seeing like a bunch of screens and maybe it's like people have their cameras on and off. Very different mode of presentation and what you have to do to get engagement And then this is like a a P3.5. It's like that placement, right? How much time have you been given to do this talk? Because realistically, in person, you can get away with a lot more because there's there's a lot more um, back and forth you can get. But in a virtual setting, you have to think people can't stay focused for that long. And just because you were given 60 minutes to talk doesn't mean you fill up the whole 60 minutes, right? I say you need go for 40 at most. Look
1: into his eyes.
0: Success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected, along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill.
1: welcome to the little blue pill for business where it's all about getting it up and keeping it up and of course we're talking about revenue and profits and we are we know that it's all about six inches between your ears so i interview some of the hottest people in the industry that are blowing and going so that we can help you get some action so if you enjoy a little tongue-in-cheek and not just physically you are in the right place today we are jumping in bed with my most amazing guest fern fern thank you so much for being here with us today
0: Oh my God, Michelle, what a hoot. I love your intro. I couldn't help myself giggling. In between that, it's like, oh, I'm going to fit right in. (laughs) Excellent. So give us a highlight of who who you are and what you love to do. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Fern Chan. I'm an author, educator, and speaker. And what I do is I coach professionals, create engaging presentations that basically don't suck. Yeah, I mean, we we all have a good, but not this case, right? So we want to make sure that your presentations are engaging and that it actually leaves an impact with your audience. So they actually remember your message because nobody likes to suck, right? Well, maybe some well, of sometimes do. they do. <laughs> Context is everything. It, it,
1: yeah, it's, it's the bad sucking that we're trying to get rid of and the bad sucking on stage. <laughs>
0: you got <laughs> so, it.
1: Awesome. So how did you get into presentations as a thing?
0: Well, I do a lot of it as part of my day job anyway, because it's it's what I use to train people to do a lot of professional development training. And then I get roped into speaking at um, conferences and audiences. So I do a lot of that anyway. And, um, you know, and, and in all honesty, yeah, I used to be, I used to suck <laughs> at presentations, right? I, I did what most people did, which was like, oh, let's just put up a gazillion bullet points and read from it. And then I just thought, oh my gosh, all these people are falling asleep. This is not good. And then I've been in presentations where I'm like, I'm falling asleep. Oh my God, somebody rescue me. I don't want to be here. And I also just got me thinking, there's got to be a better way to do this. Especially too, once we got into the pandemic and then everybody was in Zoom. That was even worse. So we went, you know, from, from people already falling asleep, you know, with death by PowerPoint to like Zoomies. So... <laughs> That prompted me to write my book, How to Not Suck at Presentations, because I figured out a way to like, you know, turn this thing around. And I just figured like, OK, like the, the people need this and I want to help people. So they just don't feel so deflated at the end when people are falling asleep and just basically not paying attention. Right. Nobody wants that. We want people to uh, look at us, listen to us, you know, and if it means we have to do a little coaxing. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Well, then that's what we do. Exactly. We because, do, right? You know, sometimes you gotta tickle your audience, keep them awake, and do the things that you gotta do. So yes, we have so to rise
0: who... to the occasion, Michelle. <laughs>
1: exactly. So who is your ideal audience right now? Are you still working a lot with corporate or entrepreneurs? Everybody who's your
0: um, tends so to see you the most? Two groups. Um, so mm-hmm. professionals, right? So a lot of women come to me because I think I appeal more to them and they seem to be also more open to um, feedback and, and improvement. Men never seem to think they have a problem because they don't think they suck when they present. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so many places in the world. Oh I my mean, uh... goodness.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you know, so they just, they just do the thing that they do. Whereas women actually see a way of like, I need to make a bigger impact with my message. so they come to me saying you know fern how do i actually make my message stick because i don't want to be boring (laughs) because i think that's the biggest thing we all fear right giving a boring presentation because nobody wants to be a boring presenter and sure as hell nobody wants to listen to a boring presentation um yeah because they tune out so they come to me and these tend to be also people who may be presenting at a conference so conference speakers Mm -hmm. because they have like a a captured audience. They have a captive audience, right? People go to conferences for a reason. It's on a specific theme and all of that. And either they put in for a presentation, they put in a proposal, and then they get accepted. And they go, yes, and then suddenly it's like, oh my, God, what do I do next? Because so they're like, oh, how do I now do this to make sure that you know people want to listen, people want to stay, people want to come back and hear me the next time. So that's one group of people that I help. Then also I have your regular nine to fivers who um who kind of like have to do it because it's part of your job, <laughs> right? <laughs> they might have to just do that boring monthly meeting that they have to do, report out things, sales, you know, KPI, that sort of stuff, uh, compliance reports, which could be, couldn't be any more boring. <laughs> right. But they have to make sure that make an impression so their superiors can look at them and go, okay, she's competent. That's a really good way. I understand what she said. So it's also more like reporting up to your, bosses right making sure that you look competent on the job and also may put you in line for maybe a promotion because if they can take notice of you when you speak with clarity and you can make an impact they're going to remember you and you want to be remembered right especially when you're doing it.
1: either safety or compliance you really actually want your audience to listen so that your yeah.
0: your, your safety
1: records go up or your compliance I, <laughs> rates go up I know, I know, I know those a- important little things like hey
0: people are actually doing it they didn't fall asleep during that part and go oh i missed that I know and it's it's tricky because I was asked to do something with a with a bank you know the auditors and auditors have you know <laughs> mm. very linear wide, very like. detailed <laughs> and, and and when it's that detailed detail can also equal boring right so they mm. they throw out like here are the 20 things that are wrong you know and then they do nothing but piss off the um the auditors right <laughs> so you have the auditors and then you have the compliance people and they're just going you did and you did do that and it's like mm, that's That's just not gonna help. So how do we then make this something that is so compelling that they'll want to do something about it, right? So we need to figure out your messaging and you don't have to explain all the 20 things that go wrong because we all can't contain all of that. Pick three, pick the top three that you can actually explain. It's like, listen, these are the top three priorities and I'll tell you why. Because if we don't do this, this is gonna happen. Then, you know, you're painting a picture of this catastrophe that will make these people in compliance go, shit, we're going to take notice and do something about that. But if you do the blame, shame game, then they're not going to want to do it, right? So again, you know, how do we talk to certain people who are so used to doing very linear fact-giving uh, and wrapping it up in a way that makes it more compelling? You know, I like to use a lot of storytelling so this way people can actually feel it, right? It's a, you know, if, if you just told me like, well, you know, uh, X Y Z did and da 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 da. Facts are boring, and when it's boring, people tune out. They don't listen. Well, and
1: when I think it's a uh, particularly difficult when you do have a very academic conversation to have with somebody, and you're talking to academics who want the, <laughs> the it's oh well, I come from like, academia, so I know oh, kill me now. <laughs> Especially if they just got out of university, or they they happen to also do university professorship, and then you're like, oh yeah. no, we we, do, we really don't want to do that. yeah, you know, you know
0: those <laughs> those white papers are like, oh, <laughs> right, because they're just reading, they're just reading their 20 years of knowledge, or how many years they put into to to unearth all this amazing information, uh, and they're invested, in it, which is great. But what they forget is their audience isn't. Right. They are not well versed, so you need to think always think about what that audience experience is like. So if I'm not actually, I don't know what your topic is and all of that, and you start going all in on like you know the 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 theory of X Y Z and 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 all of those and things then and jargon like,
1: well, and 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 and. and, and yeah, yeah. It, it becomes kind of painful, and the only feedback you're getting from your audience at that moment is that they're dozing <laughs> they're falling asleep so how do you get feedback? because clearly when you know when somebody is in the throw of things, mm-hmm. uh you like to get the feedback, but sometimes it's not necessarily possible and they, you can't just go, oh, they're falling asleep, I'll tell a joke. it's There's got to be a little bit more nuance in the presentations than that (laughs) little consistency. You want them to remember the presentation, not just the jokes that you throw in to wake them up. So how early do you get people started on, on creating a presentation that doesn't
0: suck? Oh my God, this goes back to so much to even just preparation, right? So I actually have a really nerdy formula. I call it my C-3PO formula. So all you Star Wars fans out there, you're my peeps, (laughs) right? So I have this formula that sets you up for success. And once you have this down, this will set you up knowing what you have to do, how you have to do it, and without overwhelming your audience, right? So let me tell you what the C-3PO formula is. So the C stands for clarity. You absolutely need clarity on the three p's p1 is the purpose what is the purpose of this talk right what are you doing this for you know what what is it that you want your audience to get out of this so it can't be just you it's it's never about you it's about the audience right you always want to make sure it's always about her
1: it's always about well it her, damn it.
0: <laughs> absolutely that. But I think people forget, like you said, right? Like, like academics and researchers, they put in all their heart and soul into it. And so they make it about them. But you always have to think about your audience experience. So what is the purpose of this talk that you're giving? And what is that end result you want? And this goes to the next P, right? Know your people. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to a bunch of academics? If you're going peer to peer and they might already know the jargon, okay, you might get away with that. But if you are talking to like your boss, you might need to change your cadence, right? Versus somebody who actually is in that ecosystem who knows. So what is that common pain that they're experiencing that you're going to be able to shed light on? That's that purpose, right? Why you, people are there already for a reason because they're already interested in what you have to say. So that means you have a captive audience. So know who these people are, right? What is it that... that they want or what is it that they're experiencing that pain that you can then provide that flu pill to take away that pain, right? If, if, listen, if they ain't getting their socks off, then you got, you're going to have to like figure out, right? You know, I'm going to give a little (laughs) (laughs) to inject a little bit of oomph to make you rise to the occasion, right? So that's the people got to know your people. And then my third P and this one, I think people don't think so much about it's like, the place, right? Are you doing this in a live, in-person environment? Therefore, your interaction will be different because you get to see people, you get to feed off of the energy, you really get to see if they're falling asleep or not, right, and then take some action, like go up and tap them on the shoulder, or like just walk around the crowd so they feel your energy. Or is it virtual, of which then you're seeing like a bunch of screens, and maybe it's like people have their cameras on and off. Very different mode of presentation, and what you have to do to get engagement And then this is like a a P3.5. It's like that placement, right? How much time have you been given to do this talk? Because realistically, in person, you can get away with a lot more because there's a lot more um, back and forth you can get. But in a virtual setting, you have to think people can't stay focused for that long. And just because you were given 60 minutes to talk doesn't mean you fill up the whole 60 minutes, right? I say you need go for 40 at most and then make sure you bake in enough time for some of those um, technical glitches. if you're running any sort of questions and things like that, making sure there's time for interaction online. So people have like a bit of a mental break. And finally, the O, only what they need to know. There's a lot of nice to knows because you are a subject matter expert. And it's because of the love of sharing of information that you want to do. But really, there's only so much capacity that they can take in. So it's like, if your audience only has the capacity to take in information in a martini glass, you ain't going to be pouring a whole keg of beer over there, right? So all that extra juju, however good it is, it's just going to spill over and they're just not going to know and remember anything. So those are my C3PO's, right? Clarity on the purpose, the people, the place, and give them only what they need to know. So you do all that in the preparation part of it to know that, you know, when you're already addressing your audience, you should be speaking to the right people. Cause if they don't, if they're like, what is this person talking about? You have an instant disconnect and you're already going to be like, you know, in shitsville.
1: Yeah. So talk to me about getting to know your audience, especially in the virtual world, especially if somebody's being brought to in to speak, because I know it can be very difficult for people. Like when you don't have that space to be able to walk the room and kind of Get to know people and say, hey, and get your familiars and, you know, get the couple of people that you know are going to yeah, help you out, nod at the right times. So how do you
0: get to know your virtual audience? Uh, so this is a great question, Michelle, and this is what I like to do in like a virtual forum. Um, I like to use the poll. So most of us are using Zoom more than Microsoft Teams or anything else, but yeah. whatever platform you use, there's always a polling section, right? I like to ask a question of the audience and don't make it, you know, and, and make it so it's a little intriguing. So pose a question to them and say something like, how many of you are in your pajama bottoms, <laughs> right? People <laughs> go, oh gosh, right? You're <laughs> probably man. not expecting it. It lightens <laughs> up the mood. And then you just, you know, put your answers that are not, oh yeah, I'm guilty, that's me. It's like, oh, I wouldn't even dream of it. So whatever your responses would be, make it a little quirky too. So people are like, oh yeah, that's me, right? Because once you get them to identify, they're taking action. And especially in a virtual world, once they take action, you're you're slowly training them to do something, to participate. So you're setting the tone for people to go, oh, they're going to say, oh, she's fun. She's going to ask a question like that. I want to see what else she's got in mind, right? So I think it's really important for you to, hey, figure out a way that you can get engagement from your audience that way. And a poll is a great way to do that and sort of see, right? Um, are these your kind of people or are they a bit more straight-laced? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. And then when you're doing that in person, obviously you can ask people questions and things like that. Can you still have that,
0: that fun little interaction? Of- Absolutely. That's the thing. Um, This, this is the best one, right? You just ask your audience, right? raise your hands if you're this, the hands that are attached to your body, right? <laughs> and then when everybody sees hands go up, because people like to belong, right? There's a few people don't want to be missing out. They all want to belong to a tribe. So they see other people take action. They'll want to do it too because you don't want to be that outlier <laughs> that doesn't do anything that then attracts attention. So this is a good way to get everybody involved. And once you get people involved, and that's the key to sort of presentations, engaging presentations, right? You will get your audience to be a part of your part of your narrative, right? Invite them in so they feel like, oh, oh, this is what this is about. Okay, I'm now listening because I want to know how this ends. So it's also part of like creating them. Inviting them in to be part of your narrative and getting them to take action along the way.
1: Nice. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your
0: clients. Oh, one of my Cinderella stories. And I think, let me think. Um, yeah, so this is one of my um, colleagues who are in who's in the higher education world. And she was also quite used to doing. You know, that, that sort of death by PowerPoint scenario <laughs> where it's like I'm going to talk and I'm going to put like a gazillion bullet points. Um, and so I just happened to be presenting at the same time as her. I was in the next room. Right. And and she was like so flummoxed because I was getting like people laughing and all these sort of things. And she's like, why? I, I want to get some of that. So she approached me afterwards. She goes, Fern. I don't know what you were doing, but I want to know your secret so I can get the sort of reaction uh, when I present. So I said, okay, well, let me see what you got, right? Let me help you. And I thought, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I I, see where things are going. Um, and so basically she, she had a lot of ideas, but it was a lot of ideas on a slide, right? So she was just, she put up a bullet point and she would talk about it. Next bullet point and talk about it. So, but she was like using it like a teleprompter. So it became like, you know, the audience is doing a read along with you. That's why they're not engaging with you, right? Because they're reading. And once they're reading, they're not listening. So I said, All right, Cheryl, this is what we'll do, right? To do one idea, just just one idea per slide. And let's take away all these, let's take away all this writing. Put an image. I want you to use an image that can visually represent this idea or concept that you want to talk about. Right? Because once you put it up there, they're gonna go, oh what is this image about? And most of them can already probably like use the image, like a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Uh, But people don't need to see a thousand words on the screen, believe me, (laughs) right? But if the picture tells the story, what you got to do is just now provide the narration to that story, right? Just this is how like when kids, you know, my kids couldn't read at two and four, but they can follow along because they're looking at the pictures. So um, newsflash, Adults work the same way. We like looking at (laughs) pictures because they tell a story. Our minds don't have to think so much. If we're reading, we're engaging too much of our processes. But if we look at a picture, go, oh, this picture's telling me this. It's vivid. It's got colors. It's filling in a lot of blanks, and it takes away a lot of guesswork. And we like shortcuts, right? So when we see an image that's visually telling a story, then all you have to do is just provide a narration to that picture. And then they're going to go, oh. Now I see where she's going. So it's like, this is like your show and tell. So using that image, as like a visual aid as you're providing the, 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 the narration to that story. So that's how I helped her to sort of like, you know, reframe her, her presentation, but also like, hey, what's in it for them, right? And then this is like a key thing, right? You're giving them all this information, which is amazing, um, but get to the point. It's like, they're here to listen and they need to know what's in it for them. So how are you going to craft your message? So they're like, oh, I want to listen to this presentation because I want to know how I can create a successful summer camp that's going to get all these kids into my program, right? That's why they're here to listen. Then at the end, give them a call to action. Now that they've listened to all these sort of things and only three things, right? That's not not go too crazy, right? What do you want them to do with that information? So so she retweaked it and the next time she did it she got a much better response. So it was like oh my god fern it was like night and day. The first time it was like barely like a hand would go up and she goes any questions um you know sort of like luke yeah right. exactly. no
1: you've taught us everything there is to know <laughs> we not think anymore because people
0: just want out of there right? they just want out of there they don't want to stay any longer than they have to but can you imagine if she just put a picture of like happy kids running around you know they're gonna be like oh that's what i want you know they can picture that success right? But she didn't do that. She just put a lot of words and bullet points. And and then she could have lost her audience. They tuned out. Uh, they were looking at their phones. And then when it was done, and then she, you know, it's like, nobody wants to feel so deflated at the end. Mm. Limp <laughs> as it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly.
1: Yes, we definitely want to hit the sweet spot and, and get to the happy place. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that if you don't, if your audience doesn't own the information. First of all, if they're reading it, they tend to go, okay, I know that. I know that. And like, they're going through the checklist of, I need to figure out what I don't know. And if they're reading it, they just go, oh, okay. I know that. Uh, which is why people tend to get a lot of those. Oh yeah. you reminded us of a lot of really good things. <laughs> you never want to hear that at the end of a talk. Yeah. The uh, But you want them to own it. You want them to take it on and to realize that, you know, this is. The tip of the iceberg if you have more you know questions and things i have a lot more information but you need to do these for these things first um uh, wow. and unless you're in a very unique circumstance where you're only coming in to give a whole lot of information and get out uh, and they need to be certified in that information and know it for the exam later. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Well, that's a different kind of presentation, right? Yeah. I mean, you're probably training at that point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you can still use the same techniques. So the point mm-hmm. is just like, how do you get them to, 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 absorb that information and do something with it that yeah. inspires them to take action. Right. Because it's yeah. like that learning and doing are two different things. Those those functions don't work. And and but when you're presenting and people do take action, that's when that magic happens, getting that participation so that they want to be a part of it. They they're hanging on for your every word because they need to know like, well, how does this end? How do I get what you want? I need to have that blue pill so I can perform at peak. Right. <laughs> Nice. So when people that are
1: listening to this right now, what are some of the uh, symptoms that they're having of an unsuccessful relationship on stage? (laughs) Mm.
0: Well, when, when your audience isn't paying attention, (laughs) so like uh, you're getting the nannies, Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) Right. And it's so disheartening, right? You see people just lose interest and they're looking at their phones or even worse. They are just plain nodding off and you hear somebody snoring. Right. Nobody wants to be snoring until you've actually gotten to the climax. (laughs) And it's (laughs) a satisfied kind of snore, right? Exactly. But we ain't there yet. (laughs) So, I mean, those are the things that, um, that, so what you need to do then is like, okay, I need to change my approach. Right? So how do you open up with something that gives them a hook? So you can say, hey, you know, call out what it is that their, their, their pain is, you know. Like how many of you are struggling with this, right? Well, guess what? I don't want you to struggle with it anymore because I'm going to show you how to get out of this rut and this funk. And I'm going to do it by showing you these three things. So you want to hear more? And then go, yeah. Because, you know, when you identify that pain or whatever it is, or that want that they want. So people are like, again, remember, we're self-interested, you know, human beings, right? We do things in our own self-interest. So how's it going to benefit me? And you have to think that way and provide that, pill to solve their problem right rather rather than being the tylenol to their headache how can you be the viagra to their (laughs) impotence so you can perk them right up exactly nice
1: i know our listeners are going to want more from you how do they start that journey with you
0: oh well you can go to my website fernchan.com i like to say it's fern like the leaf and chan like jackie So hopefully you're not too young to know who that is, because if you are, then you're probably not my piece, but that's okay. So F-E-R-N-C-H-A-N dot com. Uh, And and I have a quiz that you can also take to to take uh, to see where your presentation skills lie. Full of Star Wars references. You're going to love it. Make sure you find yourself on the suck meter. Where do you fall on the suck meter as a presenter? You know, do you do you suck? Are you kind of like "Eh, so-so or you're a rock star? So take the quiz, find out, and then I'll uh, be more than happy to help you through your journey to making you not suck as a presenter. Love it. So in your
1: business, Fern, how do you get it up and keep it up? Of course, I'm asking oh. about your revenue and profit.
0: <laughs> how do I get it up and keep Giving a lot of engaging presentations and webinars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Like, so I invite no. people into my world by saying, hey, listen, how, do you wanna know how to avoid giving boring presentations? You want to know the three missteps you can avoid? I got a free class for you. Come check it out, right? Because then I want them to see how I do it so they can feel like, oh, this is what she's like. I think I can learn from her. Then yes, right? Again, be, be the model that you want people to to see and experience. So you come into my world, come into my free class. I Welcome you all. Get as much value as you want. And then this way you can see like, oh, this is how Fern does it. I can do that too. And I can offer you more. But at that point, you're going to have to pay for a little something, something. You get it?
1: (laughs) Only teasers come for free. (laughs) Only teasers. (laughs) Awesome. So, at what point in your life did you know that you were special, kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Oh,
0: special, kind of crazy? Oh, I guess guess I've always dabbled between sanity and (laughs) insanity, right? When you do something well, which is nice, but it's like, hey, I'm doing this for free. Maybe I can start doing this and, you know, monetizing what I know and thinking that people could use the skill too. Um, So, I mean, this this also came to a point in my life where I thought I wanted something more than just my nine to five. Nine to five is great, but it's kind of like you're kind of capped at what you can earn. Right. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start a side, so- I'm going to start a side business. Let me first write this book and see how it goes. And then it's like, oh my God, I get royalties. <laughs> Not that it's a lot, but it's like, oh, that's a little something, something that sort of stoked that fire. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to create a course. Because if people can read it, they most likely also want to take it in another format. So I created a digital course. And then it was like, oh, now I can take it to the next level. I can do group coaching. I can show them live how I do it so they can do it. And so there's more interaction. So, so these are you know, still part of the journey of being an entrepreneur, but also being able to say to yourself, I'm ready to bet on myself. Because if I've been doing this for years for other people, why am I not doing it for myself? right? So if you're out there listening, thinking, I don't know I've got the skill to do it. Let me tell you something. You have something special of value to offer this world. The question is, are you ready to bet on yourself, right? Because ain't nobody going to come save you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to want this and say, you know what? I'm going to do this and just do it. Do it scared, fail, get it off the horse, do it again, because you're going to get better each time.
1: Love it. Bert, you've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps?
0: Last word for you. Oh, I should have thought about the last words for the, the last right? words. So they
1: I'm... never come. And, you know, it never happens that we have to end our talk. Well,
0: we don't want to it's never sad. come. We... <laughs> uh, you know, we definitely want that part. But um, so I like to say. Um, make your message stick. Right. Um, don't kill your don't kill your audience with bullet points <laughs> and be the presenter. That everyone
1: wants to hear. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is and I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Michelle, for having me on. It's been Thank such you. a blast.
1: Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedlek, your mistress in business. Thank you for being here today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and invite your friends to come and play so that we can help you get it up and keep it up when your time comes. We love helping you grow. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship, and I'll see you both on the other side.